Why did LeBron choose the Lakers? How does this decision affect the NBA? What other dominoes fall in LeBron's wake? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast slash live show slash emergency LeBron podcast show, whatever we're going to call this. As always, I'm joined by Dave Dufour. We ran in here to kind of get out there and start talking to you because obviously about, I don't know, an hour ago or less, LeBron dropped the news that he signed a four-year deal with the LA Lakers, notable because nothing else has happened with the Lakers as far as picking up any other players, which I had thought for sure was going to have to happen beforehand. Dave... What's an introduction for you? What do you have for us? Uh, I mean, LeBron to L.A., finally, right? Like, uh, every Lakers fan thought this was going to happen, I don't know, every single year since 2010, basically. Um, yeah, weird. Magic got his man. And, and it's this has been a done deal for a while. And, and you know, I, I've kind of been hearing stuff for the last few days that there's some, uh, you know, some concerns about tampering or whatever, but... Uh, yeah, this is, this has been a done deal. I think the whole thing with Philly today was very much just uh, theater. I, I don't think that that was ever a real thing. And now, you know, I hate to I hate to say we're already moving on, but we're sort of already moving on. And now it's all about Kawhi, right? That's that's the issue. Yeah. Right? So now, like LeBron is in LA. Uh, they they they're bringing back KCP on a one year, twelve million dollar. It's a good contract for him. That's that's uh, that's good for the Lakers. It's fine. Yeah, um, and, and that's a shooter that they're going to need. I mean, is, is KCP going to be that shooter that they need from that position? I mean, we've been waiting for him to kind of develop into that. But uh, is it going to be one of those things where with LeBron, uh, the shots will be easier for him and he can kind of imitate that uh, J.R. Smith role, but, you know, with being less, you know, insane? Yeah, that's a, I don't know. That's a good question. Is he is he a good enough shooter to actually to, to be able to pull it off? I, I just don't know. Right. I mean, the mechanics were there. He likes to hop, and like it, it seemed like he was on that pace. But I, I got, if I quickly check, I know his uh, his three point shooting was not very good uh, this past year. But then again, it was a, a weird year for everybody in the Lakers. Um, so, all right, let's so let's go talk about what we have here as far as the team so far. Um, you know, obviously, it's an, it's a guarantee that there's something else will happen. Now, you know you mentioned Kawhi a second ago. What are we thinking about Kawhi? And by the way, I'm sorry, KCP did shoot 38% on 5.63 attempts per game last year. So yeah, I mean, that's okay. The, that's my good. bigger thing is just, you know, his, his wing defense is decent. And, and that's going to be, you know, especially if you, you pair him with Kawhi and if they keep Lonzo, that's a really good perimeter uh, defensive you know, first three, and then you've got LeBron at the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you imagine they're going to bring in a rim-protecting five. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the Lakers, I think, are going to be good. Now, let's see if they can actually get Kawhi. Right. Maybe Philly actually brings a huge offer, you know, Fultz and Sarich, and maybe that that pick that they just got uh, in the, uh, which trade was that? Oh, yeah, in the Zaire Smith trade. Maybe oh. that uh, that Miami Heat pick. Here's the problem, uh, though, is we, I mean, I think we know that Kawhi is not going to stay, right? And so no, we don't. We don't know that. See, we, we all thought, and I mean, I was chief among them. I, I was making jokes all season long. Hey, Paul George. I mean, I bet he's like, how's the real estate market in L.A., right? Like, I, I mean, I really thought he was out the door immediately. Yeah, and okay. And 
You know, hey, look, man, if you trust your culture, and I think Philadelphia does, I think that's why Brett Brown is sort of running things right now. They trust Brett Brown, the culture he's kind of built. Not to mention he's got the relationship with Kawhi. You know, I mean, he was, you know, on the coaching staff here in San Antonio for, you know, first few years of Kawhi's career. And they, you know, they have a good relationship by all reports. So, I I mean, I'm not discounting the fact that if, if Philly if Philly was able to get Kawhi in a trade that they would keep him next summer, you know, like the hometown, the team that has the, the bird in the hand, they, this is why you've got his bird rights as well. Right. So, so salary cap concerns aren't as big of an issue. You can, you can, you know, see the cap to keep that guy. So uh, I just think a lot of people lose sight of how valuable it is to have a guy in house and actually keep them. And this is why I think the Lakers are, are maybe overthinking a little bit. And I know for a fact that the Spurs are asking for a ton and I'm not saying you have to give them everything they're asking for. I think you got to make a little bit of a better offer than, than the ones that I've uh, I've heard reported coming out of LA. Well, let's talk about that right now. What would make the needle move? Because I had been saying just off the top of my head that they'd probably have to offer Ingram, uh, Kuzma and at a first round pick. That seems to me a starting point where they could kind of get the lubrication of the trade going. Um, what are your thoughts? Is that enough for pop? Or are they going to try and demand even more? Well, I think every single trade starts with Ingram, you okay. know, um, I would imagine. And then, you know, I actually threw out, Kuzma, Hart, and two picks. And I think that the Spurs are asking for even more than that. Um, but I, I feel like that deal would get done. Kuzma, Where, Hart, and two picks. Kuzma, Hart, Ingram, and two picks. Oh, Ingram. And, and, okay, yeah. wow. Um, so, you know, but I think I feel like that would get it done. I don't know if that's a better package than what Philly could put together, though. I mean, you know, Markel Fultz is, is better, to me, is a better prospect. And I know last year was kind of weird, but... I think he might be a better prospect than any of those guys L.A. can trade. And Dario Sarge is a very good player. And, and remember, the Spurs won 47 games this year with only nine games from Kawhi Leonard, and he was a diminished version of himself because mm-hmm. he wasn't healthy. So, you know, you put a, a, a good rotation warm body in his spot, and they probably win 50 games and are the three seed. And, and, you know, there's nothing to think that they couldn't be a top four seed in the West this year. I, I think, uh, you know, obviously the Lakers now, you know, with LeBron, you have to start throwing them into the playoff mix. And, and Utah is really good. But, uh, I mean, the Spurs are not going anywhere. They're going to they're gonna be this perennial team that's going to win. You know, I, I still think they're going to win 50 games even without Kawhi because they're going to replace them with someone useful. And, and, you know, they didn't have that last season. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, the, the whole Kawhi thing is is really interesting to me. I know people are saying that that San Antonio has no leverage, but the truth is they've got the best asset available on the market, and so you have inherent leverage there. You also have a market for that. The Lakers want them, Philly wants them, Boston yeah. wants them. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, that, and I I expect this is going to get done soon. Now that now that LeBron is signed, I, that's the most shocking thing to me is that LeBron got this done on day one. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, as a day two. Whatever day Friday night, either way, yes. But here's the thing: the leverage that the Spurs have isn't as strong as they would like it to be, simply because of this LA magnet that they feel. I'm sure most teams might feel now. Philly might be the one team because of the Brett Brown connection where they don't think that he will just completely bail and and go to LA because he wants to go there. But if I were Boston, I would be like, crap, I, I don't want to risk giving up a lot of assets for him and knowing that he wants to go back to LA. That's a tough one. Um, that's true. You know, and remember they've got their own. You know, uh, they've got Kyrie who's gonna who's gonna need a new contract next summer. Right. Kawhi is gonna be getting a new contract next summer. There are actual cap ramifications to this stuff. Um, not to mention, 
that when you've got a team that already has three max players in Kyrie Irving, who's getting a max next summer, Gordon Hayward, who got the max last year, and then Al Horford, who got the max two years ago, uh, you know, you've got this whole other stuff that you've got to deal with. And, and guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, while I think in a vacuum, you trade them for the sure thing of Kawhi Leonard. If you're Boston, you can't just trade those guys because they're, they're on their rookie deals and, and they provide so much value as starters on rookie deals that for the way their team is constructed, it just makes sense. Now, if, you, if they were going to trade Gordon Hayward, that's a different conversation. Okay, but I don't but, think that's the deal. And and they were they got to a game seven, one game away from the finals. Now that Le- Le- LeBron has gone from the East, it's like well, they don't have to do anything for their team. They're guar- like, like almost guaranteed, I would think, uh, a finals appearance. Except for if right Kawhi ends up in Philly, which then causes a wrench in everyone's plans. Certainly in the Boston side, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, Kawhi winds up in Philly. They're obviously to me, they're the the favorites to come out of the East. And I know Boston's great, and they're going to be adding Gordon Hayward, but. Let's not forget that when he's healthy, and this is all if he's healthy, which what we're hearing out of his camp is that he is. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard was an MVP. To me, he was the MVP Yeah, two years. Uh, he's a top five player in the league. He's one of the two or three best defenders in the league, probably the best wing defender in the league. You know, he's a 45-plus percent three-point shooter. He's a 90% free throw shooter. He's a guy that can create off the dribble. Um, I mean, it, this is this is like in a... You know, so no brainer to me that if you add him to your team, you, you've gotten exponentially better. And and you know, as we know, Philly is really good. I, I think it's between Philly and Boston next year coming out of the East. Absolutely. And if they add Kawhi. I mean, that that probably puts him over the top. Oh, for sure. And teams dealing with free agency understand just how hard it is to hire the right people. At least the pool of candidates in the NBA is narrow. But who knows if Kawhi Leonard will fit alongside LeBron? Well, this is where ZipRecruiter comes in, and they can help solve all of your hiring problems by visiting ZipRecruiter.com breakdown. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com breakdown. That's ZipRecruiter.com breakdown. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R dot com slash B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. So what are you waiting for? Start hiring. Let's look at this. Now, with the signing of KCP to the Lakers, now suddenly the notion of like maybe DeMar DeRozan coming or trading for him isn't going to happen because I was kind of thinking that maybe some rumblings about that. Uh, or, or, I mean, I was almost going to say, what about like Bradley Beal? You know, they've already moved Gortat. Perhaps they're going to do a little bit of a fire sale in Washington. Um, but if that doesn't happen, we have to look at the roster now for the Lakers and what's left. Uh, we have a, a restricted free agent in Julius Randle, who I think they would need. Like, he, if, if they really want to compete uh, off the bench for them, uh, or, you know, does, do they play him at the five alongside LeBron and, you know, anybody else uh, I mean, in the front court? I think in an ideal scenario, he is kind of a small ball five, but... No, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't imagine they're bringing Randall back. Um, I don't know if they're going to renounce his rights 
but I don't imagine they're going to bring him back. I think it's going to be too expensive, and, and someone someone's going to make him a good offer, or, or they're going to renounce him. Um, well, you know, maybe maybe why, even try to do a sign and trade. But why hasn't that that offer should happen? Like how many teams could offer him to pay him? He should be making. I mean, whatever his max is, he's probably going to get somewhere close to that. He had a great year last year, and he's proven that he can he can be a good player. Someone, how many teams are left in the NBA that can actually offer him a, a nice contract? Yeah, I don't have my sheets in front of me, but I, I still think that there's a few that can offer him a, a decent deal. I think Dallas still can can create some space. Actually, but I'm they, not sure about that because they signed uh, DeAndre. They signed DeAndre last night. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure, and, and I, I do think he is a sign and trade candidate. Uh, like that, that is is very much I think uh, in play for him. He is a good player, and he is a guy that that some teams value, and, and I think you know. The, the issues with some of the other fits is like, you know, if he went to Dallas, he doesn't really work because they're not going to play a switching style defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's part of his value is that he could switch and guard wings. So I don't know. I, I don't I don't really see the fit. I mean, maybe he signs his qualifying offer, comes back for a year and then is back out as an unrestricted guy next summer in a market that actually has plenty of money. Um, right. So. Do, do the Spurs, would they value Julius Randle? They tried packaging him as part of a trade for Kawhi. I mean, it's possible. And, and again, this is where I think uh, you know a sign and trade is on the table with him, and, and I've heard some you know some reports that he would be grouped into this whole thing. But you can't look at him as a as really as a part of the trade, right? Like because of the sign and trade aspect, um, unless it's a favorable contract for the Spurs, like they're not going to want to pay him eighteen million a year. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they could get Julius Randle for you know somewhere in the range of thirteen, I think that they'd be pretty amenable to it he is a good player i mean he's not like a great player but he's a good player and he showed that he can do some things so yeah i mean he could be a double double machine um and you know he still has a higher ceiling i think he can still improve there's lots of ways for him to do that so uh i i it but it, but he would be the guy they would probably need uh, if lebron wants to really compete and that's the other question is what's his end game here you know, knowing right now that he's playing with a bunch of youngins who have promised, but probably aren't going to get him, you know, much past the first round of the playoffs. So that's that's the real key. Um, although, again, are, are we we're 100% sure something is going to happen. They're going to get another legit player, right? Well, uh, so the, the reports that are coming out right now say that LeBron and, and Magic actually spoke about this, uh, you know, last night, late, you know, um, out on the West Coast. And, and essentially, LeBron assured him that this was a long-term deal. I mean, he did sign a four-year deal. Now, it's really a three-year deal with an opt-out on the fourth year. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, but but this is a longer-term contract than LeBron has signed since you know 2010. This is the longest one. So uh, he obviously is in it. This is, you know, hey, I'm staying in L.A. I'm sticking around. There's none of this, uh, you know, we're not, I'm not going to hold the, my free agency over your head to, to make it so that you have to go out and get a guy. And as we see, the, the Lakers don't have Kawhi. They don't have Paul George, and they got LeBron. So clearly, uh, this is a move LeBron wanted to make, and, and you know, regardless of, of you know, who comes to play with him. Now, it is LeBron James, so I think we'll get some people, but as we've seen the last few years, it's not the easiest thing in the world to attract free agents to come play with LeBron James. And this, you know, I think we, we might all think, oh, who wouldn't want to play with LeBron James? But clearly, there are people that, don't want to play with LeBron James. So you can you can say Paul George. He's a, he's a it's an acceptable name to say on our program. Certainly, right? Paul George obviously knew. That, you know they all talk. They all know what's going on. Yeah. So Paul George knows he's going. That LeBron's going to L.A. Paul George wants to be in a Laker, 
and he turns him down. Now, I guess the caveat here, and, it, and you will not convince me otherwise, is that before Paul George agreed, he knows they're getting rid of Carmelo. Because there's no possible reason for him to go back to the OKC if they keep the team the way it was last year. Um, and so it, it has to be without a shadow of a doubt, they promise him. And by the way, no one's going to take Melo's contract, even in some sort of weird where they, you know, signing trade stuff or a, a trade. So they, he, they knew that they were going to cut him, right? That was sort of what right. had to have been talked about before, uh, last night or before he made a decision. Yeah, that's he's going to have to be uh, stretched and and waived or waived and stretched, um, and that that'll save like ninety seven million dollars in tax or something. By the way, I saw like I, I saw like a hundred million, three hundred fifty million on Twitter. People were just making up numbers, but it's at least a hundred million in luxury tax, right? Yeah, it's something like that. It is really insane, and so you know, there's there. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there. I, I'm not sure if they're going to get rid of Miller or not because you got to understand like he's a veteran. He he's well liked. You know all these guys like him, um, and that matters. And like how you treat players, it it really does matter in this league. And, and this is why you know the Spurs are amenable to to finding trades for guys if they don't want to be there. Right mm-hmm. now, the Kawhi situation is a little bit different, but but historically, right, like the right. Spurs are known as an organization that tries to take care of people. So. I think that you know uh, they. I don't. Know, I don't know for sure if they're going to do it. I mean, it, this is this is just Clay Bennett's money. It's not, you know. I mean, if Clay Bennett is willing to pay it, yeah, fine. Well, what's sad is that he's, he he wasn't willing to pay it when they had Harden, and they could have kept that together, but. But hey, listen, I think it was clear, though, independent of the of the contracts, that they weren't going to get along, right? I just felt, felt like Russ and the Harden dynamic, um, just they were going to butt heads and continue to butt heads and have be a problem for any coach to, to keep them together. So so that could very well be, you know, one of those saving graces for that trade. But certainly, yeah, now, if they did it then, there's no question they have to do it now. And they should. The bottom line is Carmelo does not help their team. They could get somebody else in there. I mean, I don't know. You could probably even you can even start Robertson in that spot and 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 improve I would think although they still want shooting now here's the thing that kind of is really head scratching is that Trevor Ariza bails from Houston to go to Phoenix of all places and I know again like we talked about there's not a lot of teams that have a lot of cash around so they were able to double the salary but I don't know. To me, Trevor Ariza should go to OKC and take Carmelo's role and then OKC can threaten anybody in the world to for uh, in a seven game series. Yeah, that that Ariza, man, wow. That I said this was the biggest signing of the summer for the Golden State Warriors. Huh, right. Ariza Ariza to Phoenix. I mean, it, you you essentially I, I'm not going to say you completely neutered the Rockets, but it hurts them quite a bit. I mean, you know, I I don't think that they're they don't win 65 games without Ariza. I don't think that they're taking the Warriors to game 7 without Ariza. You know, he's an important player for them. Yeah. Um, you know, but but imagine that. Imagine if you had Ariza and then you throw like Jeremy Grant and Robertson and Russ and Steven yeah, Adams. Be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good, you yeah. know, they, they, they can cover for each other. and There's enough defense there that can really make a lot of problems for people. Uh, you have to imagine, by the way, that Robertson, he will continue to improve a little bit on a three-point shot. I mean, they're going to be wide open for him. He's going to, you know, if he doesn't, that's going to be the most right, the unprecedented case of a player who played more than five years in the league. You know, they all improve somewhat. So um, yeah, that's it's just a really strange thing. You I just hope. don't know. Yeah, I mean, I hope. I like. I love what he does defensively. I love like, you know, I, I hate to watch him shoot free throws and, and miss and like hang his head. Right, like that's just it's demoralizing. You know, and I so I root for the guy to to get better. 
Um, but man, like, I don't know the history of these guys. It, it just, you know, most guys don't figure it out. Most guys don't. Uh, well, I, okay. I mean, well, they, most guys will when improve. They're their this bad. Most guys don't. Uh, okay. We'll see. Uh, maybe. And by the way, it's, it's, uh, never mind. but I think I could help <laughs> nonetheless. It's like, Oh yeah. There, me it's, too. There's Absolutely. some clear like things. His mechanics, clearly yeah. his mechanics are a huge issue. Yeah. And yeah. Um, well, oh, by the way, and to me, when I, I don't even deal, I've been working with a lot of kids in the last couple of months. I don't even deal with mechanics. It's the rhythm. And once you get the rhythm properly moving uh, and everything firing in sync, I don't even worry about, I mean, you know, the, by the way, this is all mechanics too, but I'm not even worried about the elbow or the wrist or any of that stuff. We just try and find the rhythm of the ball going up into the basket with the legs. And it really makes a big deal, but we don't have to get into the, bogged down into the details of that. Right. Um, let's hey, look by at the, the way. Yeah. By the way. I do want to throw this out there. Apparently, is a comeback. He'd like to sign with the Lakers. Say that one more Chris, time. Chris Bosh. Oh, they're not going to take that risk. The Lakers. Oh man. Right. They can't take he, that risk. I wish he could be healthy. I wish he could be healthy and yeah. come back and play with the Lakers. That would be amazing. Well, let's let's look at the Lakers roster right now and just sort of look at what we have right now. Uh, I mean, I, let's just pretend that they're not going to make any other. Well, I don't know. Should we do that? I mean, is it worth that the exercise to look at you know the possibility of having Ball, Ingram, and LeBron? On the, on the no, I think I think we're probably like looking August, September. You know, before we even know what this team is going to look like this year. Um, you know, they're going to be trying to make moves all summer. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. But what am I gonna do then? Like, I have to make a, a video, uh, and everyone's yeah, you gotta make a video. Well, I don't well, want to make it until I know if they're gonna get like, Kawhi. But you know, then I have to do I two know. videos. I guess I can do two videos. I, I was I was hoping that the Kawhi news was just gonna break while we were while we were live here, but uh, no, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, Popovich and and Buford are not gonna be so amenable to the, making everybody happy. Uh, his Zonia signs in New York, by the way, that came out not too long ago. Yeah, and I mean, you know how much I love Hazonia. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would love to uh I'd love to see Hazonia in a good environment actually, you know, play the way that I think he can. And I think that he could be a nice playmaking four, you know, a nice stretch four, a guy who can attack a closeout and, and get to the back. He's a good athlete. Um you know, how how's he gonna do there? Uh, I I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I, I think Fisdale, he, right? Like Fisdale. We we all have hope in Fisdale. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he's not too hard on him and uh, and it gives him some encouragement to shoot it. Uh, I actually had a chance to interview Aaron Gordon uh, in New York at the Uncle Drew premiere. And interestingly enough, I asked him at the very end, I'm like, well, so, you know, looking forward to the magic. Now, full disclosure, I kind of forgot he was a restricted free agent. Wait, I'm sorry. Is he unrestricted or is he restricted? He's restricted. So I kind of forgot he's a restricted free agent when I asked him that. So, but he was very much like, you know, Mo Bamba, yeah, ooh, like he just sort of was like, you know, but didn't really... You know, to me, it almost sounds like he he's ready to get out of there and is, is going to sign an offer sheet with somebody and hope that maybe they don't match it. But the Magic probably match it either way, right? I don't know about that. You know, you got to think they've got Bamba at the five. They've got Jonathan Isaacs, who who really plays Aaron Gordon's position that they just drafted last year and also needs to play some minutes at the five. I just don't think there's a space for Aaron Gordon. Remember, this front office changed over, so it's a new regime. They didn't draft him. I don't think they're married to him. Um, I I mean, the the interest that the Pacers have in him, I think, is legit. I think that they're going to come in strong. Uh, I think they can come in around $20 million. Um, So if they're offering like four years, $20 million, I don't know if Orlando is going to match that. Okay. And I would love to see, I would love to see Aaron Gordon in that Pacers offense, man. That's just the kind of guy that they were missing, a secondary playmaker 
a guy with his sort of athleticism, his mm-hmm. ability to shoot the ball, you know, as we saw last year. Yeah. Um, I well, really remember he, he, he cooled down, but then he actually yeah. ended up finishing a little higher than I had remembered. So um, yeah. it wasn't. But remember all... he was injured. So he got he got hurt a little bit, and that's right. that triggered the cool down. I, I think that it, what we saw early, I think that's kind of what we're going to see out of him, in particular in a better offense. That's you know, right, right. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, no, that's exciting. And certainly uh, with maybe the newfound um, Oladipo confidence that he developed in the playoffs because, you know, he, I don't even think Oladipo played that way in the regular season. He didn't play like, the, I mean, he was uh, like an, uh, the unstoppable force where uh, the Cavaliers had to do some sort of junk defenses to stop him because they couldn't stop him any other way. So uh, I'm really excited to see what's happening in, in Indiana especially with now the shift of power even more to the West, which is another crazy thing we can discuss, is that uh, do we go to a 1-16 through 16 playoff seating? I, I think we should. We're not going to this year. There's no way it happens like now. They can't do that I, that fast? No, I imagine because teams would get just really pissed. I imagine it's going to come up this summer in the, in the competition committee, and I, I would bet that they don't do anything – Let's say maybe 2021, 2022, something around there, if they were going to change to the, to the 1 through 16. Yeah. I mean, if you think, think about this, and it's a bummer, but one of the Rockets, the Warriors, and now the Lakers are going to be eliminated before the conference finals. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a bummer, right? Like, they're not going to make it out of the second round. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate because those three teams could wind up being the best three teams in the league, you know, depending on what the Lakers wind up doing. You know, any team with LeBron has an opportunity to, to be amazing. Um, but the Celtic, you know, you, you've got the Celtics and the Sixers, and then you've got the Raptors who are possibly going to kind of run it back with a new coach. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Absolutely. Um, I definitely think you're going to talk about it, though. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to because this is sort of reminiscent of what happened when Shaq came to the West from Orlando, and that was sort of ground zero for when the West just became dominant over the East for a while, and they've never recovered. Uh, you, you throw LeBron on this into the conference now, and you know it just weighs it down even more, and we're, so, we're going to have to wait and see. But you know, certainly, like, okay, who's the best player in the East now? Right? <laughs> who's the best player in the East? That's an interesting uh, question. Um. I stymie do. Joel Embiid. Um, I'm going to tweet that out. Al, Al Horford. Um, yeah, no. You know, Al Horford. No, I mean it's Al is it Kyrie. Really I I don't know. I mean I I think Joel Embiid might be the best player in the East. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Uh, it's not, I'm I mean, forgetting it, someone. I've got to be. Uh, yeah, right. We are. I mean, it's not DeRozan. It's not, you know, like, you know, uh, it's, geez, you know, Simmons and, and, and be that's the, certainly the, the future. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> is it Giannis? It's probably Giannis. Oh yeah. It's Giannis. It's definitely Giannis. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Giannis. But that's weird. How do we not remember him? Cause all the way, by the way, I have to do a video on Giannis in uh Budenholzer system, Budenholzer's system, uh, which would be interesting as well. And we have faith that he's going to be able to finally get some spacing and get better attack angles. Right. Um, I, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. By the way, everyone chimed in with it's Giannis. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, it is Giannis. Why, you know why we didn't think about Giannis? Why? Because the Bucks have not really done anything yeah. since they got eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and signing Ersan Ilyasova and taking themselves up against the hard cap uh, to do so was mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was an issue. 
So, yeah, I, I don't think that the Bucks have gotten any better. And so it's not so much that we forgot about Giannis, but we forgot about the Bucks. Yeah, right. That's true. And they, uh, they got eliminated in a way that um, – wait, who beat them in the playoffs this year? The Celtics. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, that was a good series. But, you know, that yeah. seems like about six months ago now. So, you know, that's another thing. Let's go through our uh, the comments and see if we have any good questions on over on Periscope while we uh, move closer to the end of the show than the beginning. Um, the salary cap going up again next year, right? Chewed Easy asks. Um, this yes. is one of the years where it's – but not a lot, right? No. Uh, so this year it's going to be 101, which is about, you know, what they expected. Uh, next year it's going to bump, um, I think, to – might have been 109, and then it's like 116. Let me, let me pull those numbers up. But, yeah, there's going to be a couple of bumps uh, in, the next, in the next few years, but not for the 18-19 season. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, A-Case Online asks the best two-way player. I think maybe he's referring to Kawhi. I hate the two-way player moniker. I really don't like to have to, we have to use that, but uh, Kawhi is without question when he's healthy with you know, the best two-way player. I, I mean, I was listening to some, to some sh- real shade being thrown on Paul George's defense on somewhere that we won't mention, and um, I was shocked. I, I, do you not feel that Paul George is, a, is an elite defender? I think he was. Um, I, I just think that the way that that he has to defend in OKC, it's not exactly suited to him. I don't. I don't think he's this great on the ball defender that that maybe he was. You know, in the early years playing against Miami, I, I think he's much better as a help guy. Um, I'd love to see him kind of be used in a Durant type of role, the way that they use him, like as a secondary mm-hmm. rim protector. I, I think that that would be smart. Um, but yeah, I. Paul George doesn't move the needle for me very much. Like I, I really don't. Like I don't know. I would not want to pay him this contract that OKC has given him. Like, what are they, what, what just, was the numbers again? How much? Um, it's a it's a four year max with the opt out after year three, and, and then you know could wind up if he resigns after that. You know it could wind up being like a. I think the total value like winds up being like seven years and I don't know two hundred something million. Anyway, it winds up being like forty million a season. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I don't think I want to be paying him at age 32 the max, much less age 34, 35. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not as high on Paul George as a lot of people are. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I think he's, like a, he's a third guy, uh, you know, if you're trying to put together a championship team. I think he could be like your third best player. I don't think he can be your best or your second best. Right. I mean, I, I saw moments last year, like against the Warriors in the uh, regular season where – uh, he was just dismantling a lot of their offense by himself. So I think he's it's there and he can do it, but I guess there's a consistency that's not there. Um, but, you know, when he does it like that, he's certainly in the ballpark of like what Kawhi can do on, on the perimeter. But, um, you know, I see what you mean. It's not always there. And, and if he's not always there, then what we can't rate him at that. So hey, fair enough. Um, any other questions here that we might see in the Periscope comments? Um you know, and then Paul George, uh, let's see here. I bleed PG talking about how Paul George made a documentary, declined his player option, and became a free agent all to stay in the OKC. Uh, yes, that's a common tactic, wouldn't you say, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, nothing weird about declining the option. Declining the option allowed him to get more guaranteed money. And, right. And that's how it works. TNU, I, I was yeah. shocked. I, I was really shocked. And I know you probably were too, that he stayed in OKC. Yeah. And this just goes to show you that we probably, all of us, you know, me included, I'll call myself out here, are probably way too biased against places like Oklahoma City. 
You know, we're we're thinking too much about the place and not enough about the culture of the team, which is who these guys spend all their time with. You know, Russell Westbrook and and Paul George clearly have a good friendship and, and a good relationship. Yeah, and we probably overvalue the allure of a place like Los Angeles for a guy like Paul George. For LeBron, it makes a lot of sense because we know about all the entertainment, you know, aspirations he has. You know, yeah. and, and, but Paul George, to my knowledge, doesn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, speak for yourself because I'm not talking about the OKC, the city itself. Uh, when I'm thinking about why he would have left, but nonetheless. T.N. Euler wants to ask ask us from from one to ten how shocking was the Ariza deal at ten right? Yeah, that was I mean that was unbelievable, and I can't believe it just happened that fast. Right, you know, like I, I mean, wonder if how shocked Morey was because he uh, didn't even have, to have a chance. But yeah. he never would he would never have paid him fifteen million. We know that, right? Yeah, well, he wasn't going to be able to pay him fifteen million, and, and so I will say this. Uh, you know, one year, $15 million, and a lot of people have said, wow, I can't believe a reason didn't get more in a year. Everyone has to remember, there's more money available next year because more teams have space, but also the, there's another cap bump. It's an $8 million bump next year. This is projected. So, you know, he's getting a one-year deal now. He'll go out and get a longer deal next year. Right. I think he's only 33. I think he'll be 34 next summer. He's a player that should be able to go out and get some more guaranteed money next year. Yeah, I mean, but what a three-year deal? Like he's not going to get a five-year, whatever. No, like he might get a, he might get a two or three-year deal, but yeah. it's, it will still be more overall money, and that's right. the name of the game. So Kizzy Wiz asks, how much cap space do the Lakers now have? Can they still can they still sign a player, wait, or trade for Kawhi? Um, they could do all of those things, right? Um, yeah, I wouldn't wait for Kawhi. Like first of all, like we saw how that worked out. Yeah, for for Paul George, and I'm not saying everyone is kind of the same with you know, but uh, it's not it's not great. So um, here here's what I'll say. This is per Eric Pincus, who uh, you know is our friend. From um, also yeah, also he does you know a lot of stuff for NBA TV and Basketball Insiders. Uh, the Lakers have about 13.8 million left to keep Randall, or they can go after another player, or they can stretch Lou all dang and have 23.6. If they can trade Dang into someone's salary cap space, they could get thirty-one million dollars, which is, you know, that's pretty close to max. But there's no one out there to get with that money, and there's no one out there that's going to take no one one guy, right? There's no one person. Yeah, Um, but that would make it easier to to kind of, you know, you you wouldn't you wouldn't have to send out as much salary to get to get Kawhi. So um, they do have money to spend. I mean, but, but this 13.8 million, you know, they can go over the cap to, to get Randall, to keep Randall in house. But if they renounce him, um, they'll, they'll only have up to the cap. Right. Uh, Alex Peterson asks, how does this affect LeBron's legacy? I don't think it changes anything. Like, I I think that in in the modern day and age, you know, like this is how it works. I mean, it doesn't change anything for me at least. I mean, now I think, People are definitely going to feel differently, and it may be a generational thing. But yeah, we um, now we did. By the way, we didn't mention Boogie Cousins at all, really. Well, yeah, um, you know, I, I think listen, he's going back to the Pelicans. Okay, because everyone mean, thinks they're going goes, to the Lakers now. Maybe he goes to the Lakers. Maybe, but, but they're not going to really have the money. I mean, unless they do clear all the space and just give him like a you know like maybe a two year with with a team option on the third or yeah. something. It, I don't know. It's kind of tricky think about that you sign him for a two-year deal he won't even play for uh you know the first quarter of it and then are you sure i'm sure i mean and then it probably won't be 100 percent for the first half of it right like i don't know people seem to think it's an eight-month rehab and he'll be back for the beginning of the season like i think that's nonsense don't you 
I he's, don't not, know. he's not coming back until January of 2019. I would. I, I mean, the, I I honestly don't know. I mean, Wesley Matthews came back. I think yeah. he hurt his right around. All right, uh, and then we saw Rudy Gay. I mean, Rudy Gay was back. So I, wait, I don't wait, know. wait. I when did Rudy better. Gay didn't tear his Achilles? Yeah, Rudy Gay tore his Achilles. Oh, I'm sorry. God, I was thinking Rudy Gobert when you said that. Rudy yes, Gobert, right, yeah. right, right. None of whom, yeah, none of whom have recovered that that impressively. Really, I mean, I, I still watch Wes Matthews, and he he doesn't run. He runs like he tore his Achilles. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be permanent. But um, this is a much bigger guy who never seemed to show the ability. Like you know, he I don't know how hard he's going to work. But hey, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and, and remember, the only kind of guy like him that we've seen tear his Achilles was Elton Brand. And he right. did it a little later in his career. Wasn't nearly the athlete that Boogie is. Um, just a different player in a different era. So we don't really have anything to compare it to. So, I mean, he could come back and he could be amazing. Right. Uh, he, he could. Now, again, and as we wrap this up, we could discuss briefly, does a team, let's just pretend Kawhi makes it to the Lakers, does a team of LeBron and Kawhi and Boogie and Lonzo work? Um, you know, I'm not as skeptical of the Lonzo LeBron fit because, you know, remember Lonzo is at his best when he's a secondary playmaker. He, you know, he's not the kind of guy you want, uh, running pick and roll and doing all this stuff off the dribble. He's the kind of guy that he makes plays in transition in particular. He's a great defensive playmaker as we saw in his rookie year. Um, you know, he's fantastic as a defensive playmaker, making things happen that way, looking up court, throwing those passes. I think he works fine with LeBron. The issues are, can he stay on the court? Like, can he shoot well enough to stay on the court? Right. I, I think he would. I think he's definitely one of those guys like, you know, even KCP who will get better looks. And we did see long stretches of a ball where he did shoot really well. And guess what? It sounds like he was probably playing with a torn meniscus. And, um, you know, if that's the case, then that would certainly affect your jump shooting as well. So if they can clean that up and get him ready for the uh, beginning of the year, which they should on that one, then I would think he would be uh, he would be able to, to work well. But I wasn't thinking about that. I'm thinking more about the fact that LeBron has never played with a, a center that demands the ball like Boogie does. Yeah, so, I mean, never. no, never, never. So that's a good question. How is that going to work? Because LeBron has been able to dictate you know, 80% of the possessions he's on the floor for. Uh, but Boogie is going to, you know, certainly demand and, and requires and should be able to do that himself. So I, that's an interesting, you know, question. They, they I think, shared I it think with, Lopez would be, would be fine. If they could bring him back for something like the, the mid-level. Yeah. And would he take it? He's, he's made a lot of money. He's played on some really bad teams. So the argument being that maybe he'll finally, you know, he'll take some less money to, to be on a, on a winner. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like what Brooke Lopez does. I did the video with him. We talked about how he can stretch the floor. Um, I did make the mistake of saying he could rebound. Uh, that was a big mistake. I, I don't ever uh, write a voiceover in a hurry, Dave. <laughs> That's the rule. Uh, so, hey, uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, just reported that executives around the league are, are telling him that Kawhi Leonard would potentially sit out next season. Ooh. Wow. To try to get to L.A. This is like that we're getting into petty, vindictive stuff here. Wow. What, what I don't think that'll do? happen. I, I don't think that'll happen. And, and, you know, like the truth is, like, I think the Spurs will move him before it came to that. They um, would, for sure. Yeah. Aaron Gordon, by the way, is going to be uh, re-signing with the Orlando Magic. So what do I know? What yeah. do I know? 
because he didn't, I, you know, he didn't even give a shout out to uh, Steve Clifford, the new coach, uh, or anything. So, uh, but hey, he's he's all in there. So that's interesting. Again, these dominoes fall; it affects everything. So suddenly, other teams, you know, Aaron Gordon is not on their board anymore. Um, so we'll have to figure it out. Uh, you know, actually, a, a case online gives us an interesting tidbit here. Uh, Luke Walton and LeBron were in the same draft class. They were. That's yeah. crazy. Crazy, right? Yeah. So that's really interesting uh, to see how. I wonder that's what those guys out. are up to now. I, you know what? Luke's going to get an eye-opening. It's going to be eye-opening for him to, to, to suddenly be head coach of a team that has LeBron on it without question. You know, I, it, could be, it, could be, it could work, man. Like, Luke is a relationship guy, and that was one of the things that you heard coming out of Golden State, you know, how well he got along with all the guys. Right. And, you know, and it helps that he – I mean, he's a guy – I mean, he could – well, he probably couldn't still play now, like, just health-wise. But he did play recently. You know, like, he hasn't been out of the league that long. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it might be OK. The, my concern is, again, you know, I'm not I don't think Luke Walton is this amazing X and O's execution type guy. I think, again, he's a relationship type coach. And I, I, I'm just I don't know. I feel like we're being robbed a little bit of seeing LeBron play for a coach like, you know, Greg Popovich or, right. you know, someone of that nature, someone, you know, like. Uh, Brad Stevens or something or, like that, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, well, we'll have to just imagine that in our heads because it's never going to happen. But Dave, great emergency podcast, live show, everything. Good, good, great questions over there in the Periscope too. So I think we, uh, I think we solved some problems here, don't you? Um, I, I don't. I think LeBron just created a bunch of new problems in the West. I mean, it's it just oh, yeah. the the West keeps getting richer. Yeah, they do. Well, keep your eyes out, everybody, for the next domino to fall because obviously the Lakers are not done uh, until they're done and they're going to try and do something. So we'll, we'll be re- right along for the ride and ready to do some more live shows and maybe we'll even do something uh, together in Vegas and during the Summer League. That would be fantastic. That's what, that's what I'm hoping for. Cool. I'll bring, I'll bring some stuff. My accoutrement. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out how to do a live show there. So, Dave, thanks for coming on and joining us for this. Uh, you two out there as well for uh, being part of the great uh, live show we just did. So, Thank you, everybody. And don't forget, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You win. Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>